0: In this episode of Locked On Capitals, we talk about Connor McMichael and where does he fit into this Capitals team? If he doesn't get enough playing time, would he be better served playing in Hershey? Later in the show, we will talk about Alex Ovechkin and his somewhat slow start to the season. And then we'll talk about the Caps blue line and who will be playing on it in years to come. We'll talk about all of that and more next on this edition of Locked On Capitals. your locked on capitals your daily podcast on the washington capitals part of the locked on podcast network your team every day well hello and welcome into this edition of locked on capitals i'm so glad you decided to join me today as always this podcast is free and available on all the major platforms And I want to thank you for making this your first listen or view of the day. Yes, this podcast is also available in video form, so head on over to YouTube and check it out. And when you're on YouTube, make sure and hit that subscribe button. And if you like the videos, give it a thumbs up. It really helps grow the channel. My name is Dan Holmey. You can find me on Twitter. It's at DanCaps218. You can find the show on Twitter. It's at LockedOnCaps. So just to start it off here, let's talk a little bit about Connor McMichael and his future on this Washington Capitals team. So far, he has only played in one game. And the question for me is, and I think it's a, a question for Joe Snively to an extent as well, is would they be better served playing in Hershey than to be a healthy scratch every night. I know that we want to integrate these younger players into the lineup, and Connor McMichael, a top draft pick, one of the crown jewels in the Washington Capitals uh, organization. And I think that you know they want to, to get Connor McMichael out on the ice as soon as possible. But there is no real spot for him in the lineup as of right now. There was a spot when Evgeny Kuznetsov was out, but that was only a one-game suspension. Now, where is he going to fit in? You know, I guess if you're a guy like Connor McMichael, what you can hope for, and it's kind of an odd thing to say is that someone gets injured, and that's going to present an opportunity for you. You take a look at that top line uh, right wing uh, with uh, Tom Wilson out, and now Connor Brown out as well. Could that be a potential spot for him? I know that uh, you know, his native position that he likes to play is the center position. But I think that if you gave you know him the option, and you know coaches don't really give you an option. They tell you where you're going to play, but say they did give him the option. I think he would be all right playing wing if it meant he got a regular playing time. But Connor Sheary seems to be the guy that's kind of slotted to play on that top line right wing uh, in uh, Tom Wilson's absence. Because as it appears right now, Connor Brown is going to be out for some, some substantial time. So it's going to be, I think, players that cycle through there. You know, you've seen T.J. Oshi on that top line right wing. You know, is that a possibility for Connor McMichael, something like that, to fit? Is Could he find a spot on this team? My belief is, is that he would be better served uh, playing in Hershey. And I know I've received some backlash from people saying, you know, no, you always talk about this team needs to get younger and faster. But if he's not getting regular playing time, it is my belief he would be better served playing in Hershey. For the 21-year-old, five scratches in six games and one game with a fight, three blocks and a hit through eight minutes and 33 seconds is not an ideal way to start off his sophomore season as he looks to build off his 68-game rookie year where he dished 18 points and considering a myriad of other circumstances, it appears that the next logical step for him is to head to the AHL's Hershey Bears, writes Washington Hockey Now. First off, McMichael is not getting the ice time or game experience he needs while up with the Capitals. The NHL is ever changing with games getting faster and more intense, the battles getting harder and the goalies getting stronger. It's someone that it's something that cannot be mimicked in practice, which is something that even Irwin, whose role is to be the constant healthy scratch and then draw in when the time comes, admits while Irwin is a veteran that has been playing that role for a long time, McMichael has not. And that's one of the things I was talking about. You know, Irwin is a, a bit of a unique character in the res, uh, regard that you can kind of put him in the deep freeze and then thaw him out and he's good to go. Not everyone is like that. Irwin is a guy that has spent, you know, quite a few years in the, in, in the NHL. So he is used to that role. Not every player, very few players, to be honest with you, are good at, you know, just getting put, like I said, in the deep freeze for a long period of time. And then when called upon, thawed and brought out on onto the ice. Um, and ultimately, you know, you take a look at Connor McMichael. I don't think that that is what is best for his development. I think what's best for him is to get steady playing time on a night in and night out basis. And, you know, at the end of the day, it's the AHL. It's not like he's getting sent down to some beer league, uh, for gosh sake here. And for number 24, jumping right back into place of an NHL game isn't good for his development, especially at center. When McMichael does play, he's usually not getting much ice time. And when he is out there, he hasn't shown much with regard to puck battles, finishing his chances, or making an impact at both ends of the ice. So that's what they're going to need. And, you know, it's kind of one of the things, you know, if you take a look at Protus, he played so well that it was difficult for them to take him out of the lineup. I don't think at the beginning of the season, Alexi Protus was slated to be on the big team, but he played that well that they they they, ha- they couldn't send him down. You know, he played that well. That's why you saw Axel janssen Fielbe and Brett Leeson move out. Um, so, I mean, that's an interesting position for Connor McMichael and it's okay. He's still a bit of a younger man. I know there's egos and that kind of thing at play. So maybe he would, you know, maybe take it the wrong way. But, you know, if you look at it in the, in the light that you're getting more playing time and you're working on your game. You think to a certain extent, a player like that would understand. Not to mention, Nick Michael is in a bit of a rough spot right now when it comes to winning the competition for roster spots. He couldn't capitalize on the preseason to win the full-time second-line center role. And when both he and Joe Snively got to dress uh, with Evgeny Kuznetsov suspended and Connor Brown out long-term snively proved to be more noticeable and won the extra spot with brown out plus with sonny milano entering the picture and likely getting a call up after getting up to speed with the ahl mcmichael again face another battle in which milano holds the upper hand given his years of experience and you know it is a tough pill to swallow for a young player uh, that i think thought he was just going to get launched right into a starting role you know, give it time, you know, that what I've talked about with the defensemen and that kind of thing, when we were talking about Lucas Johansson is give it time because as we talked about, this is an aging capitals roster. And we know that these players won't be around forever. So, I mean, if if it's a year or two years, just kind of bide your time. And know that your opportunity will come. And it may come sooner than that, as a matter of fact, with the amount of injuries that the Capitals have faced so far this season. I don't think it's without the realm of possibility that he could get called up based on someone getting injured. So, you know, I think it's just, you know, mostly about having a good perspective um, and just understanding that your time will come sooner or later Um and it, like I said, it's just being patient at the end of the day because um, that's what's called upon. All right, so after the break here, we are going to talk about Alex Ovechkin and his somewhat slow start to the season. We'll talk about that next. The numbers don't lie. In the last decade, over 4 million people have chosen Simply Safe Home Security to protect their home. You don't earn the trust of that many people without doing something right. At Simply Safe, your safety is the only thing that matters, I know because I use Simply Safe in my own home. They protect you with cutting edge security technology powered by 24 7 professional monitoring agents. Who always have your back. Here's why I love it. I had an issue where someone broke into my house. Simply Safe was there to help dispatch the police and take care of the situation. With 24 7 professional monitoring, Simply Safe's agents call you the moment a threat is detected and dispatch the police or first responders in an emergency, even if you're not at home or can't be reached. Simply Safe blankets your home and protection with advanced sensors for every room, window, and door, HD security cameras for inside and outside your home, smarter ways to detect motion that only you and know that the threat is real and even hazard sensors that instantly detect fires, floods and other threats to your home. Our monitoring experts use proprietary advanced response technology to visually confirm when a break-in is real so you can get the highest priority police dispatch. Customize the perfect system for your home in just a few minutes at simplysafe.com slash locked on NHL. Save 20% on your Simply Safe security system when you sign up for an interactive monitoring plan and get your first month free. Visit SimplySafe.com slash locked on NHL to learn more. There's no safe like Simply Safe. All right, welcome back into this edition of Locked On Capitals, where it's your team every day. In this next segment, we are going to talk about Alex Ovechkin and his somewhat slow start or ordinary start to the season. Ovechkin has five points, two goals, three assists, and four of those points came against Bruce Boudreaux's Canucks, the only team yet to register a win. Tampa Bay's Steven Stamkos leads the league with seven goals. It's far too early to be concerned. Obviously, history always says Ovechkin's shooting percentage, which is currently 9.1, is going to improve, but it might be a bear watching. The Caps captain is also the team worst minus six. And uh, this is a story in the Athletic they're talking about, and I think that You know, I think that Alex is off to a bit of a slower start, but, you know, that is okay. Um, When you see what kind of production he ultimately can bring to the table, uh, I'm not really too concerned if he's off to a bit of a slower start. Last season, Ovechkin scored seven times in the first six games and routed to a record-tying ninth. Fifty goal season again. It's a very small sample size, but with Nick Backstrom and Tom Wilson out, and now Connor Brown out long term, the Caps desperately need their big guns to be exactly that. Ditto for Kuznetsov, who amassed three of the five points, all assists in the third period of the Vancouver game. So suffices to say this entire team is off to a bit of a slow start. You can also put Alex Ovechkin in that conversation as well. Again, I'm not too concerned about Alex getting off to a bit of a slow start. You know, if this is something that continues through, you know, months, then I guess there's a bit more of cause of concern. But You know, just watching this team so far and watching this last game where they were kind of sleeping through the first two periods, um, you know, and then all of a sudden they awoke in the third period and found out a way to beat the Kings. Um, You know, I think that's what it's about. I still think they're kind of slowly working their way into playing games game in, night in and night out. Um, And you're kind of seeing them ramp up and getting more up to speed. If the Caps can continue and Alex Ovechkin can continue to do what they did in the third period against the Kings, then I think that those are good building blocks going forward, putting them in the right direction. Um, But, you know, I do think that Alex is on pace for another 50-goal season. And I know that there's a lot of people, including the Athletic and Tarek El-Bashir, that see Alex getting less than 50. I think, if I remember right, his prediction was 47. My thought was 52 I know that he's off to a slow start, but, you know, if you take a look at the pedigree of Ovechkin and what he has, I think that it's kind of a no-brainer that uh, he would be up for doing something like that. It might not happen, but, you know, my projection for him anyway is to end up being that. All right, so the next player to talk about here is Darcy Kemper's Workload. Um, One of the things that was talked about is that Darcy has never been on a team where he's carried the bulk of the mail and he is a bit prone to the injury bug. How is Darcy going to hold up to the rigors of playing an entire NHL season as the number one netminder, mind you? The centerpiece of the Caps' offseason has started all but one of the Caps' first six games, putting him on pace for 68 starts. That's probably not going to happen, obviously. The heavy workload early was designed to get the Stanley Cup champion going with a new team following a short summer. As for Kemper's performance, his numbers, a .899 save percentage and a 3.04 goals against average aren't all that hot, as noted in our NHL goalie confidence meter survey in the Athletic there. You know, my thing on it is, though, I wouldn't read too much into that. I mean, Darcy Kemper has kept the Capitals in these games. It isn't his play alone. That's caused the Caps to lo- to lose. As a matter of fact, I think he's played rather well considering the circumstance. I think the defense has been a little bit rough in front of him, but I do think, you know, I, I think that the Capitals would have lost by a larger margin if there was a worse goalie in there but it's probably not a reason for worry either, as there has been a handful of extenuating circumstances working against him. Among them, too many rush chances against the decor that's already required to shake up a couple of fluky bounces versus the Canucks and a penalty kill that's still finding its way. At times, it's also appeared as though the players in front of Kemper are adjusted to his playing style. While he's capable of making more high-grade stops than his predecessor, he plays a deeper in the net and can be prone to allowing a few rebounds, which requires a commitment to boxing out in in front of the net as well and alert sticks to clear away those loose pucks. And that's just the style of a netminder that he is. And and you notice that when you see Darcy Kemper play. I've noticed it. I've made notes on it um, is that he does allow a lot of juicy rebounds. So what does that mean? That means that he's going to have to work on his mechanics, I guess, or they're just the defense in front of him is going to have to work on clearing that puck away from him, or he is in fact um, going to have to clear the puck. But, you know, if there's those juicy rebounds, especially if it bounces off a pad hard, that can ricochet right into an opponent's uh, stick. And there you go, slamming the puck home. Uh, so, you know, it is kind of a risky style of a net minding or goalie that he plays, but It's worked for him so far, so I guess you don't want to change it if it isn't broke. Um, And again, that's my contention, is that Darcy has kept the Caps in the games. Um, You know, I'm not saying that he hasn't made any uh, big mistakes out there, but I have not seen him allow any um, beach balls into the net, uh, shall we say, either. So I think that uh, everything is going uh, according to plan there. All right, so after the break here, we will talk about the Caps blue line, And who is ultimately going to be playing on the blue line in years to come? We'll talk about that next. All right, welcome back into this edition of Locked On Capitals, where it's your team every day. In this next segment, we are going to talk about the Caps blue line. And I've spoke about it before uh, last summer doing these podcasts that the only player under contract after this season, as I record this on the blue line, is John Carlson. Um, and then that Martin Ferravari is a restricted free agent, but the only guy that's under contract is John Carlson. So who are some of those big players that that could be gone? Uh, Dmitry Orloff, Trevor Van Reems uh, Jensen. Um you know, off the top of my head, you know there's more players uh also other other than the blue line that could be gone, but the blue line in particular, John Carlson is the only one under contract, and then Martin Ferravari is a restricted free agent that does pose a bit of an interesting situation for this caps team, and I know what you what people are thinking, you know, oh my God, we can't lose these guys. You know I know that there's a certain level of sentimental attachment to these guys when you see them play year after year after year, but being that you know we do have them through the remainder of this year we can use it as a measuring stick to see do we in fact want to resign these players to lengthy contracts um you know i think that ultimately i have no big issues uh with the players i know that like i spoke about in the previous segment they've a- allowed some juicy um opportunities and you know they've um uh, not always stood tall shall we say in front of the netminder but that is what this year the remainder of this season is going to be for? It's going to be about assessing talent. Do we want to re-sign Van Riemsdyk? Do we want to sign Orloff or Jensen? You know that that's that's what I'm talking about there. So um it's it's a bit of an interesting situation for them to be in and one of the players one of the biggest ones for me anyway that i would lock up would be dmitry orlov he's a very dynamic player a great two way player uh, he's a good defenseman and also has a good offensive touch Caps GM Prime McClellan on Orloff. He's been a good pick and has been a real good solid career. He's gone under the radar. In my mind, people probably underrate how good a player he is and take for granted that we count on him so very much every night. He's a great, had a great career so far. Caps Dmitry Orloff is in the final year of a six year, $30.6 million deal. Washington wants to keep him around. And of course you want to, but it all comes down to money. Of course, like all these things in professional sports, are they going to have enough money to resign Orloff? I can't, you know, for me, like I talked about that sentimental attachment, it's not so much, but I cannot picture this Caps team without uh, Dmitri Orloff on this uh, team. He's been there through some very great moments. Um, and uh, he's he's shown steady improvement year after year. You know, and oftentimes I'll hear people online, they'll tweet me and say, well, you know, he has this mistake or he made that mistake. Of course, they're players. They're not robots. They're not perfect all the time. But for me as a fan of the team, I like Dimitri Orloff. I think he's a good defenseman. And I also think his kind of two-way play, he's also a good offensive defenseman that, uh, I think that, you know, that w- what is, what creates great value for me, uh, for him on this team. McClellan, he's been a big part of our organization for a long time. We would like to keep him. We would love to see him here for the rest of his career. Uh, the Caps will have to make some decisions, like I talked about, on their future. Orloff, Jensen, Gustafson, and Ram Ravan Reemsdyke are all slated to hit free agency next summer. Uh, Gustafson was another one that they picked up on a one-year deal, kind of a prove-me deal. He's a bit of a journeyman. Uh, he's played on some different teams, so... You know, it's, it's kind of like, it's a prove me deal for a guy like Gustafson. And you take a look at Jensen, his first year here was a little rough, but uh, Jensen is one of the guys that has shown improvement year after year. Um, He was on the trading block um, a couple of years ago, um, but has shown improvement. And that's, that's what it's about is showing improvement year after year. Are they going to want to sign these guys, all of them to extensive contracts? Probably not. Are we going to lose some of those defensemen? Of course. Um, So it's not an ideal situation, but that's what we can use for the rest of this season as a measuring stick. How did they perform? You can look at the totality of their career, and then you can see how they played the remainder of this season, and then use that as a judgment to say, do I want to pursue this player? Do I want to pursue signing them? And then kind of look, you know, how much money are they looking for? Like I said, it all comes down to money at the end of the day. Um, Dmitry Orlov is a guy who's, like I've talked about, a great two-way defenseman. Those guys don't come cheap. So you know that uh, his agent um, and and Dmitry, they're going to be looking for the best offer out there. I think that, of course, there is um, some bigger reasons for him to stay here, being his uh, fellow Russian countrymen in the form of Alex Ovechkin and uh, Evgeny Kuznetsov. So I think that that kind of makes it um, an interesting situation. But We hope that the Caps can keep as many of those defensemen as possible. As long as they could keep continuing to perform at a high level, um, I don't see why not trying to sign up as many of them as you possibly can. Thank you for making Locked On Capitals your first listen. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast, the biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day, available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. So once again, thank you for joining me on this edition of Locked On Capitals, where it's your team every day. My name is Dan Holmey, and I'll talk to you again next time.